Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Anyone fancy a pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. That'll be our intro for the show for the afternoon because that's where you are. G'day. How you going? I sound a bit throaty, don't I? You do a bit. Yeah. It's my sexy voice. This is my sexy <laughs> AV and uh, with cold overlay voice. Yes. How you going out there? Matt Steadman. We asked that every week. Hello, Kim Smith. We asked that every week, how you going? I reckon this week you really mean it. Yeah. Because we're back here again, aren't we? Melbourne, Victoria. How you doing? Huh? It's a good day to just, uh, I don't know, maybe watch a Sword and Sandals movie. <laughs> you you were watching Fast and Furious last night, you were telling me. I slipped that one through the key fights. Like, oh, yeah, okay. right, let's oh, put it on then. Deniability. Um, <laughs> well, we all got to do what we all got to do. Yeah. Um, I hope there's many people that have beautiful pots of soup on the stove. Uh, great things planned for the crock pot or perhaps something good for the oven. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Uh, I've got still a little bit of ham, hock and bean soup. I saw that on Instagram. It looked absolutely delicious. Yeah, as you can tell, I haven't bothered doing anything on Instagram because it's just been there. Ah. What we do have a lot of in Melbourne, yeah. we've got a lot of time, especially on a weekend. So, yeah, uh, yeah go and grab something and... Slow cook the hell out of it. it. Doesn't have to be a bit of meat. It can be anything. 
chew that. Mm. Could be a good thing to do. Actually, a roasted cauliflower. Oh, I do love that. But um, hey, how you doing? We should uh, thank Dr. Shane. Yes. He's still around. And his virtual band, he's just wandered back in the studio, his virtual band of scientists. Actually, yes. the scientists are real, but they were. His virtual band. He sounds like the Robin Hood. <laughs> My merry people. And from Sherwood Forest of Learned. And big ups to the doctors on radiotherapy for ending their program before 11am. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, we love the doctors. Thank you, as always, yeah, for uh, another hour of fun. We should start this with the public service announcement, Ken. Uh, yes, this is a public service announcement <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> Matt Steadman. What would you like to say? I just, uh, just you gave evidence of it there because you... You said I'm feeling a bit delirious today. I am not. I'm not smart today. That's all for the right reasons. Cause, yeah, because you and I both uh, went and did the queuing thing and got vaccine this week. So we both had the jab, first jab in the arm, which is good. Yes. And I said to you, "Oh, so had you feel any any side effects or you know sore arm or any?" And you've gone, "Yeah, I'm diminished. I'm dumb. <laughs> I am. It's like my vocab has." Uh, I kind of pride myself as yeah. being sort of maybe a little bit above average with English and literature and, you know, ability yeah. to communicate. Terrible at arithmetic just between you and I. Oh, really? always have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wiseman told me to, to quit uh, maths at Form 4. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Just give it up. Nah, nah, nah. But, um, yeah, this, this week with the... COVID thing. I had yes. the uh, AstraZeneca. Yes. Uh, originally was going to go to the showgrounds, but they said four hours, so I ended up in Reservoir. Yes. Where I had two hours, 38 minutes, lining up in the sunshine. It was fantastic. Effects have been... I'm dumb. <laughs> I really? I, duh. That wasn't on the list of side effects No, it hasn't. Well, maybe they you just will. didn't want to tell the population, you will be dumb. You will lose your ability to form words, which is a unique <sighs> problem when you've got uh, 54 minutes of radio left to present. It's only so 54. let's see how you go. That's good. If you uh, so if you do stumble, or if you hear a stumbling, dear listener, it's all because of the jab. But do just go and help pick me up. Do and go and drag get, me along. <laughs> and do go and get your vaccine. It's the only way we're going to, uh, uh, to get out of this. Jab our way out of this. Yeah. Jab, 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 jab. Left hook. Um, yes. So um, I concur. Yes. See what I mean? <laughs> Luckily, we've got someone who's awesome. With um, her head, the heart, mm-hmm. and the ability to put those words together. Danny Vallant, who's going to talk to us about the state of the hospitality industry. Yes. And uh, who has been doing good deeds, uh, what the prognosis is. Yes. Uh, all those sort of things. And then I thought it would be great, and luckily he has agreed. Dan Hunter in Birigawa, um, yes. the patron of Bray, is going to have a... A chat to us because he's not cooking. So, um, yes, he's going to have a chat to us and tell us how his lockdown is going. He's allowed to leave his house, obviously, being a regional Victorian, but it's obviously very tough running a hospitality business, even in regional Victoria, when you're so dependent on um, Melbourne tourists. Yeah, and then before that, a whole bunch of inbounds, which would have uh, provided a lot of income for him. So we're going to do that. Um, we also, last week, um, we had a chat to a woman by the name of Najat. Mm. Uh, Najat was uh, part of a thing, a cookbook that came out, Cooking, Recovery and Connections, a uh, book to celebrate community resilience and recovery. That mm. book was available, this booklet, pamphlet, 
was available from Cohoth. See, Cohealth, um, health. Uh, so if you go to cohealth.org.au, uh, you can download this thing. We were talking about it, but we thought, yes, uh, between Matt and I, because yes. he was helping me along with my cogitation. We'll get through this together. Yep. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, uh, about uh, this thing, uh, this this fabulous uh, cookbook, and a lot of it is about the food of memory and. Mm. Uh, we have something a little bit special that is uh, um, uh, a bit of audio from memory, mm. uh, which was done a long time ago with a young, much younger Max Crawdaddy, <laughs> uh, who talks about food of memory, a Proustian type thing, yes. shall we say? Yes, we get all literary. Yes. So uh, it is twelve oh nine here on three triple R. Ben Shuri mm. has left the summer camp a week early. He's Pivoting and doing awesome food again, some of which you availed yourself. You told me the beef can, Wellington. Can I tell you the boring story? Well, it's not a boring story. It's an excellent story. Go on, tell me So we were story. literally in the queue for the vaccine. Yeah. On yeah. a beautiful sun, uh, sunny winter's day, as you were saying. Yes. With good vibes around because everyone's vibes. going, you know what? This <laughs> is tough. We don't like the queue, but this is for a good thing. We're going we're gonna to get through this together, everyone. Yeah. Uh, you, and so me, and I was there checking my email. How, how did you do to our Q's pre-smartphone? It would have been a chore. Anyway, so, you know, we're all there refreshing our feeds. True. Yes. And in popped an email from our friends at Attica going, hey, guess what? Hey. We're doing food at home again. Yeah. And I went, oh! And I saw uh, this week's <laughs> A menu. squeal of delight came from Matt Stedman. <laughs> oh! This week's menu included Beef Wellington, and I said, I want it. Yes, it will be so. And so about five presses of my phone uh, later... I ordered up some beef Wellington, which was delivered yesterday. And part oh. of the instructions, the little heating instructions, where it says, "Said perhaps put you it in might the oven. want to." Yeah, it says, put it in the oven for twenty minutes. You'll be fine. Mm. Uh, but while you do, make sure you got something good in your glass and something good on the on the stereo. Yeah. And if you don't have anything good on the stereo, how about you just go to Spotify and hit up the Attica Summer Camp playlist? Mm. And we did. Mm. And one of the songs was this. Oh yeah. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. Uh, see, he would have. I think he would have loved that. Yeah, he would have loved that. Yeah. What about you, Danny Valant? Did you love that? I loved it. Very good. I love that. How good is Ben Shuri's playlists? It is. It's rocking. I spent last year with Ben making soup at Attica, and yep. he always controlled the playlist. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was always good. We bopped along while making soup many a cold morning. He has he has good taste in music. That man, he really, really does. So, Danny, let's turn around and face the unpleasant truth as to where we are. We're here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're definitely here. We are in lockdown number four. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a new week. We are definitely hoping that we're going to be out of it by next weekend. But, of course, we're living with, you know, great uncertainty. Yep. We don't know. And, yep. you know, watching the numbers day by day and waiting waiting for the health advice. It's, it's like uh, Matt was saying this to me uh, mm. before we went to air. It's like... Oh, this rhythm of our days, the the rhythm of the days of lockdown. You wake up, you wait for the numbers. Uh, before that, we used to wait for Dan in his northern face, um, uh, Parker, to to come on. But 
It is. It's this this thing. It's it, it's it's. I hate to use a cliche because I'll get smacked, but there's perspex between me and Matt, so I can do it, and I'll go. It's Groundhog Day, and we're back here again, aren't we? And it kind of hurts. Yeah. Look, no, we obviously don't want to be here. I think there are differences with this lockdown than other lockdowns. One of the main things for hospitality businesses is that there's no job keeper, so that nope. is a massive difference for a lot yep. of businesses. Mm-hmm. I guess on the positive side, you know, more people are getting vaccinated, so that is definitely a pathway out of this. Have um, you done yours yet, Jenny? A little bit by a little bit. Yep, absolutely. I, I felt so grateful. Um, yeah, I absolutely love doing it. Yes. So, yeah, anyone who can get vaccinated, Do it. please get vaccinated. Yep, because we, we are living in a post-enlightenment society. Thank you very much. Loving the science. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, another thing that we can think positively about is that there's going to be open-air quarantine built in Victoria and hopefully in other states. So that's a good thing. So, I mean, look, there's definitely, there definitely is a way out of this, but at the same time, we've got to remember why we're in lockdown, and it's because there's an incredibly dangerous variant with new variants mm-hmm. um, in our community. And, you know, I was looking at some research from the UK recently and the rate of death from of hospitality workers, and that's mostly people aged 20 to 29, was 10 times the, um, the rate of death in the population as a whole. So it's, it's wow. actually real. <laughs> like, the wow. danger is real, and the only reason we're locked down is to try to avoid that kind of situation. And it is something that we have been insulated from in Australia. You know, we've been yes. really, really lucky and smart and, mm. you know, dogged to keep the virus out of most of the population most of the time. To summarise... you know, that hasn't been the case in so many places around the world. So, yeah, summarising, we've had sort of a bit of uh, dislocation rather than lots of death. Look, it's the impacts are devastating. Lockdown yes. is absolutely terrible. The impact on, you know, finances, on mental health, on spirit, on, yeah, just all yeah. of our resources, you know, personal, community. Yes. Uh, it's, it's really, really damaging and we hate it. But, you know, no one's... T- we're not being forced into it for fun. Like, yeah, no one what's the alternative, Danny? You see, that's that's the thing that we have to think about. You know, when you have people going, ah, we shouldn't have locked down, we should just let it rip and keep businesses opening and it really pisses me off to have to close them. The alternative is, is, is graves, you know. Well, I mean, I think take the health advice from the health experts. It's pretty. That's, that's yeah. just, you can kind of leave it at that. Yeah, that's that. That is pretty much it. Um, can we throw some bouquets to all the people within hospitality industry and our community that are doing so much good in providing meals for people who need to be fed because they haven't got any income? Yeah, I think. It really, hospitality, once again, we've seen, you know, what a generous, resourceful and creative industry it is with so many people with enormous hearts in it. Yes. And I think, you know, people in hospital know that a lot of workers live week to week and a week without income, you know, by the end of that week, you really, things are looking pretty lean. So yes. businesses sprang into action really straight away. At first, you know, it was people like Edda who were using up um, surplus stock to turn into meal packs. Uh, cafes like May Day in Richmond, looking in the cool room and realising they had had the wherewithal to make some waffles and they'd rather do that and give it away than um, see that food go to waste. So mm-hmm. there's been that sort of 
using of resources in that way, but we've also seen some businesses putting putting money specifically into um, feeding people, whether it's hospital workers or other people doing it really tough. So, yep. yes, for example, Theodore's in Brunswick who's um, said to me, uh, you know, why wouldn't we put a couple of hundred dollars worth into produce when we've got, we can donate the labour, we've got the commercial kitchen to cook, we've got some c- containers left over from, you know, we know when, um, and why wouldn't we just have some no questions asked um, meal packs that we can um, give to people who want to come down and get them. So it's beautiful. It's so heartwarming. Yes, um, the reason that it's necessary is is unfortunate, obviously, but it is... It is so heartwarming to see people um, recognise the need that's in the community that we're all part of and meeting it in whatever way they can. And if I can just uh, just draw that circle out a little bit more, uh, Matt and I were talking about the unbelievable generosity of the Sikh community going around and uh, cooking, handing out meals, feeding people. What a generous bunch of people. I just love the Sikh community for the way they do this. Like, yeah, through the bushfires they were there, through all the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, my God, it's it's so heartwarming. I just, yeah. Just, yeah. Those guys. Just so, I'm so grateful to be in um, a community that they're part of as well. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so looking forward, oh, it's uncertain, isn't it? We can't, there is no certainty. I can't really get you to just have some pithy little phrase going, well, in 10 days we'll be doing this because we just don't know. That's the thing. Well, well, I mean, I think one thing we can say is we will be back and we will be back out there and hopefully it will be sooner rather than later, but we will be back. One thing I can say with certainty is that on Tuesday the federal government's income support package opens up for applications and there was some really welcome news when that was announced late in the week and that was that people on temporary visas if they have working rights are are part of that package so that is the first time that visa holders that's the international students the um, chefs and etc on four five four five sevens or four eight twos that is the first time that those people have been included in an income support package um but by the federal government so i mean that's something that you know a lot of people have been advocating for since the beginning of the pandemic and it was so welcome to see visa holders put on the same footing as every other member of the Australian community. Yes. Um, that was really good. The package itself, I think it, there's a lot of flaws. I, I, the the, um, the entry into it is through Services Australia, i.e. Centrelink. I just cannot imagine the rollout being mm-hmm. anything than better than chaotic. chaotic. Yes. But we don't know. Snap. So on Tuesday, go to the Services Australia website. Um, oh, there's a 180 number, a weird-looking number, but apparently it's the right one. I'll share that on my socials. But, um, yeah, so anybody who has lost work, whether it be – there's two streams of it. One's more than 20 hours work – if you've lost more than 20 hours work a week, you are eligible for $500 a week, and if it's less than that, it's $325 a week. So, I mean, that is, you know, that is income support. It is not a wage. It's below the poverty line, but it is something, and I'm just so glad that some of those most vulnerable people who were left out of all the support packages last year are included in this one. Yes, agree with all that you say in regard to that. Um, it is 12.24 here on 3 Triple RFM. Uh, Danny, uh, what have you got planned for your day uh, from a culinary point of view? 
Uh, well, actually, I've ordered Attica at home, um, oh, so I'm going to pick that up. Pretty. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up at about four o'clock. I've gone for the so there's the luxe one and there's the family one. So I've gone the family one, which is the Suva, and yeah. yeah, I'm really excited. And definitely one day during the week, I'm going to go and get some baked goods from Attica because um, I'm, I'm pretty close to them. I've seen the queues. I haven't been, haven't had the time to line up yet, but I'm hoping that early in the week it's going to be a little bit quieter and I'll be able to go down and get some, yeah, some bickies and some cake uh, to, yeah, to follow on from my Suvlaki tonight. Still doing Vegemite scrolls, I wonder? I haven't heard talk of Vegemite scrolls, yes. uh, so I'm really not sure. But, um, yeah, I'll be sure to post whatever it is um, that I get on my Instagram. So anyone who wants vicarious or actual um, Attica Bake Shop satisfaction can, um, yeah, line up or check out check out what, um, what I managed to snare. How do people find you on your socials? Oh, right. It's just Danny Valant, so it's pretty hey. basic. Hey. It's Danny with an eye. Um, yeah, it's Danny with an eye. And Cam, can I just quickly mention something that's completely non-pandemic related? Please do. So I had an article in Good Weekend magazine yesterday that I've been working on for ages on and off, and it's ag tech. So it's all the innovations oh, yes. that are happening yes. on farms that are helping get food to our table. And I found it such an inspiring and fascinating story to research and write. So such cool stuff that's happening on farms. And I think, you know... I think I would probably, you know, I love the farmer's markets and all that. I love those really mm-hmm. small farms. But I think when we think think about the realities of feeding a whole nation and, you know, exporting food around the world, you're talking about big farms. And I think one of the things that really struck me was that big doesn't necessarily mean bad, that there are people farming at scale, but they're really caring for the soil, mm-hmm. using, you know, caring, really caring about how much water they use. And I just found it really, really, really fascinating. Just things like, you know, a tomato plant that tells you when it's a bit hot and it needs to be, it needs a bit of water, or a peach tree that tells you when it's had enough to drink. Um, cows that are wearing Fitbits that can tell you, that can suggest to you that they might have a sore foot. You know, before yes. they start limping, you can deal with it. So all the kinds of technologies that being brought to bear um, into an industry that I think a lot of city folks think of as, you know, very bucolic and old-fashioned is actually incredibly innovative and farmers. Um, are on the front line of, you know, climate change and noticing what's happening to the environment. So they're actually some of the, our best sustainability warriors. Yeah, and it, the, the funny thing is that they can be the most surprising because I remember meeting a guy, Neil Stringer from Forge Creek Lamb uh, up, up in Gippsland, and he looked like just your run-of-the-mill, like, bloke who'd vote for the National Party, you know, but the stuff that he was talking about, the stewardship for his land and the monitoring and the fixing of the land and the acknowledgement of climate change, it really gave me heart. And it sounds like this article gave you some heart too. Yeah, definitely. It was really, really inspiring. And I think so often we do have this city-country divide. Mm-hmm. We just don't really have to think that much in the city often about where our food comes from. But it's so important that we do. And, yeah, we're all on this world together. And our preconceptions too. And it's good to challenge those and change them. Yeah. So I've linked to that one from my socials as well. Um, or it's in Good Weekend magazine from yesterday's good. age. Danny, love your work. Love your cam. Yeah, big hug. Great to talk okay. to you. Uh, yep. We're going to get out of here. We're going to talk to uh, Dan Hunter after this, which will be good to do a little catch up. Thank you, Amazing. Danny. Thanks, Cam. Great to chat. See ya.
And she goes, Danny Valant, you can find her on the socials. Yes. Danny, Danny with an eye. It's 12.27. I was just going to say, also, speaking of good articles, uh, last couple of days, there's one on good food from Jemima Cody uh, around, if you, are, if you are a hospital worker, and yes. um, if there's a little bit of a list of restaurants there that are helping out hospital workers out of work with That's free right. meals. Yes. Um, and also, of course, there's uh, there's the you know the ever increasing list of local hospo businesses that are pivoting back. I'm going to use the word again, pivoting back to takeaway food. Um, yeah. But rather than you know make a big massive list of the best around town, maybe it's just best to check out what's happening in your local part of the hood. Given mm. the restrictions, you know, it might not be the best time to be crossing town to get that amazing bowl of ramen. What's the best way to do that, you reckon? I reckon just uh, pick, pick a couple of your local faves and just go yeah. and have a look. Just Check go out and their s- website. See if they're shuttered or whether they are doing takeaway. And if they're doing takeaway and, you, and you've got the funds, yeah. uh, you know, support your local businesses. Sounds like a great Very idea. Very important. Um, we're going to play some more music. Uh, yeah, let me find where I put that. Yeah, because uh, this is uh, another one of those uh, that we're talking about from the Ben Shuri playlist. <laughs> we might be leaning on this a bit heavily today. Yeah, but it's valid. This one is a banger. Uh, and is it not? It starts with our friend on the cowbell. Yeah, and it's got a weird bridge. Yeah. But it all comes back together. Yeah. We'll be back with Dan Hunter after this. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. That's where you are, ladies and gentlemen, Sound Radio. And as the Sound Radio goes across to the Otways, we've got Dan Hunter. Dan Hunter, you're a man who knows uh, a pretty good playlist when you when you got one. Hello, Cam Smith. How are you, mate? I'm good. Have you got a cat on your lap or something? A cat on my lap? No, it sounds no. like there's something purring. Yeah, it sounds like a purring. Oh, good. I'm, so, I'm just looking at yeah. Matt. Hey, no, Matt says it too, so mm. <laughs> I'm not going too crazy. Okay, well, just forget we said anything about the cat, you know. Unfortunate intros to an interview. But I still say it's still valid you know some good tunes because uh, I've seen the records that are in all those awesome cottages around Bray. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly we try and make the the experience, whether you sleep over or dine, to be as pleasant as possible. And obviously music is, a, you know, something of interest to... To most of us, interested in hedonistic pleasures, yes. like eating in restaurants when we can, when we when choose we can, to. When we can, yeah, when we're allowed to, when it's yeah, uh, possible without a pandemic. And yeah. um, so uh, what's the story with, with Bray now? Uh, the, we noticed that the restrictions in the country have been lifted somewhat. Does that mean that you can open? What, what's your intentions? Yeah, look, I think that's a good question. What's what's the deal with Bray at the moment? I mean, the the, the deal is is that we're 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 ready and waiting and, yeah. and roaring to go. And and like many of our ready to pull the colleagues pin. and friends and, and and peers, we're just we just want to get back to, to doing what we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even that. Just like you know, I mean, obviously we're we're all all keen to evolve and move forward and then see what's around the corner and to do that we need to be working unfortunately so yeah. um look we we are we are um by a legal definition allowed to operate with some restrictions um mm. this week while melbourne still unfortunately are unable but 
for our in our experience and for our you know our situation obviously we draw a lot of people from all over Australia and, and obviously when the borders open all over the world as well. well so having, world, yes. <laughs> having having regional open and being able to freely move is fantastic and we appreciate that, but it doesn't really translate to a full dining room for us. So we looked at our, our reservations for the coming week and you know, ninety five, ninety six percent of those people were from Melbourne postcode. So oh, um yeah. you know, so it doesn't really change right. So I mean next week we are opening, we are opening reopening on Friday. Um, and doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that's just at this stage until further notice for our friends in the regions only. Um, But, you know, it's hard to just flip the doors open a brain and say, okay, tomorrow you can come. And people need to make arrangements, they need to make plans, they need to often accommodate themselves, you know, all that type of stuff. And they need to get on that big grey ribbon to get to you. That's right. So having a few days um, to to put the word out that we are open is always beneficial for us, and and we often need to take that time just to just to get the motor going again. Unfortunately, as well, like it takes a couple of days to really get it back to a level where we we're happy with it, and we we believe it's of a level that people would expect from us. So yes. um, you know, we don't we don't tend to do half-assed situations at Bray. We don't tend to just open the doors and go for it. Yeah. Things we're not happy with. So we just, yeah, I mean, we just take this time. Um, we've taken this time this weekend to just get a lot of work done. We've had the team back in the kitchen and we've had some of the front of house, well, the front of house team um, doing both front of house work, but also some work on the property um, in the garden and, and everyone's appreciated that. We picked our olive grove last week, which was to be honest, it was a bit of a, a bit of a good timing for us because we may have missed our chance. But having that sort of snap lockdown, like okay, um, go. This this activity is certainly within the the requirements of being a, a, a primary production activity, and we got that done, and, and we've got that pressed already, and and we're quite happy with that. So, you know, a farm. Um, you know, it's funny because obviously we're a farm that draws its income from people sitting at tables. We're not, mm. we don't go to farmers markets. Um, but you know, there's always lots and lots of things that can be done um, that sometimes take longer, uh, and when it's full teams available, it takes a bit shorter. You know, it's a bit quicker. So that's kind of good. So yeah. uh, the olives that you picked, obviously they were all black olives. No, no, we Did don't. You we let, don't let press them go? all black. No, no, no. no. We we, no, we press. We produce predominantly green. We produce press. I think for certainly a more herbaceous oil, um, something which got a bit more complexity, you need a good amount of green uh, through them. And and we probably picked this year at about, I don't know, 60% green, 65% green, and and sort of the rest black. Um, And that just gives a bit of balance. Uh, the oil will be sort of a, a greeny colour. It is sure. greeny, yeah, because um, it's funny you say that one of the best oils I have ever had in my life is grown in Keylaw, um, yeah. Rose Creek Estate. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of it. You, you heard of that place? No, yeah. no I'm not familiar with it. Oh, it's, it, it's amazing. There's a, a Sicilian family that um, that settled there years and years ago, so... They now have, I don't know, about five acres in the middle of Keylor uh, on this slope, and they've got, uh, they've got grapes they do there. They do olive groves, but they also press olive oil, and it is the most beautiful green. It smells so good. Um, it yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. It really, really is. I mean, I guess the, I guess the key in all of that is, is harvesting. Yes. 
uh, pressing pressing immediately after if you, if possible, and then and then obviously consuming, you know, ideally in a few months. Really, I mean, ideally, you know, every six months and it's gone. And um, unfortunately, we probably see our experience olive oil in Australia up until the recent probably yeah I don't know two decades probably was if if we ever saw it it was often probably the the, the dumping ground for the some of the, the worst yeah yeah we got the dregs um, and and all the Europeans just went ah give it to the skippies yeah but that certainly changed I mean I yeah. think there's lots of very 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 good um, olive growers in Australia today and you know particularly in Victoria lots of great Western Victoria lots of great producers so mm. yeah that's a good that's a good thing for us to have look it's something that you know actually um from a i guess a, a, a land ownership and, and an agriculture point of view it's something quite beneficial that we did and something we can turn into to an income after this you know yep now what about um you you have time you know lying in bed staring up at the ceiling you I know don't sleep. I, I, I don't sleep i don't, I don't just... actually I, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd just create this this outrageous uh, uh, thing of you, but I would say that you have a lot of time to think about your menu planning. And I was just wondering, have you had any sort of inspiring moments or uh, any inspiration sort of hit us to different type of food or new dishes that you want to develop over this time? I wish I could give you a long list of all the great creative <laughs> achievements I've been able to conquer in the last eighteen. Yes. 14 months, but yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, I've got to admit that, um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, I've had a bit of a, a, a creative void at times in this period whilst worrying about all the other stuff that goes with being closed. Yeah, right. and, um, Fair enough. Certainly. Yes. And, and it's funny too, because it's like, I think, um, you know, not being open last year for some time and then this year being a bit uncertain, I just, you know, this last little period really felt like we we're getting back to... Uh, a really high level, not getting back to it, but like really moving forward on at a really high level that we we're all happy with within the business. And, and mm. I particularly was feeling, okay, like we're actually moving forward now. We're not just worrying about closing the doors. And yeah, right. um, yeah it's, it's unfortunate that, that this has happened this last little period, but you know, we just, you know what, it's just something that's going on. We just have to move forward, move through it, and you know, park it when it's over and done with, you know. And so once, so paraphrasing there is, so, so once you have the, the certainty and, the, and um, uh, just the rhythm of kitchens, that's where the creativity can come for you personally. Yeah, I mean, I, it comes at different, t- like it's, you know, it's a classic question, like it's, yeah. you know, people often ask, I think anyone working in any type of creative field, yes. you know, what's what what's your what's your inspiration or yep. some, you know, very broad sort of question like this and, and to be honest, I've got no idea what inspiration it is sometimes. Happens. It comes from such a broad range of experiences. I mean, generally it's from a base of of, you know, practice and craft and sort yeah. of twenty five years in the game and having some some knowledge about what we do day to day and then having a very sure uh, understanding of of our identity and who we are and what what our food should represent and and should pay you know credit to and then I guess after that just experience life and trying to distill that into food that best represents me and the business and and who we are and and hopefully you know the farm and the our place. local yeah, areas of place you know, part. It's a, that's a big part of what we do and I mm. guess you know it's um when you're not having that that interaction as often and, and regularly and as readily as you'd like to with 
with your local place. I mean, for me personally, if I'm yeah. not allowed out and can't see the area and can't see the nature having its effect on the on the landscape, mm. it's very hard to to produce food that represents that. You know, so we sort of need to be out and about for that to all happen as well. You know, I think for me personally. I need to be operating in in society just for for what we do at Braid to be relevant and and have it sort of its edge again, I suppose. You know. Yeah, and what about um, at home and um, well, because you know you're you're cooking for the fam. Um, is yeah, I mean, what what sort of stuff you've been putting on the table? Oh, uh, look, I think you know when when the when the school lockdowns occur and Ivy, our daughters at home, we need to. Hmm. You know, there's sort of negotiations going on there for home learning and things like that. So we tend to do things like yeah. <laughs> make donuts and cook, <laughs> cook tarts and, you know, just pump sugar into her and, you know, just try and take the edge off a bit. And, yes. um, and then, yeah, just sort of observe that whilst, you know, consuming copious amounts of alcohol. Like, yes. You know, like... Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it's... We... It's funny because I don't think what we do at Grey, although it's like super labour intensive and it's got a hopefully an element of thought behind it and mm. and people, you know, they they appreciate that. But what we cook at home day to day, although it's obviously not to the detail or to the to the to the work level, the concept is still the same. Like I, I tend to eat very simple food and and try and let the food you know, be itself, and mm. and I cook a lot. I mean, obviously, we have a very large, you know, garden at, at at the farm, and we eat from that every day. And you know, the meat I eat, meat I eat, meat from the producers I buy meat from in the the restaurant. We don't eat, you know, other meat. And mm. if I eat seafood, I get it from you know, Apollo Bay, or you know, from the people we buy seafood from. So it's pretty much a a pretty you know, holistic type of of life in that sense, that, that work and, and life and food are all sort of rolled into... Intertwined, yeah. Uh, intertwined, and I think yeah. anyone surely working at this level and this level of commitment has that, that similar experience. You're not one person at work and one person at home, you know. You're just that person, that's what you do. Yeah, right. Um, it, we, were, we spoke yesterday and I uh, caught up with you and uh, I asked about... Uh, the wheat field. I said, "How's your how's your wheat going, mate?" And um, you you were saying some interesting things about that too. Some of the other crops you're doing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Obviously, this year. Uh, well, I mean, going backwards a bit, we we have planted and grown wheat a couple of times now, and yeah. um, had same varieties uh, uh, both times. Uh, no, different. Different. A few yeah. Different. Yeah. Few different types as well. So Have more you... modern white wheats and some older sort of heirloom red wheats and yes. um, and different different for different also for different activities and different outcomes and different things strengths. that are more yeah higher. And I mean that's you know that's that's an intention that often yes. changes based on the the health of your land that you're growing it in as well. And you see that you see that differ uh, from one side of the paddock to the other. Um, hmm. But yeah, but this year we have. Uh, planted some some wheat with the with the intention to be for bread and um, and for beer. We've made a beer uh, on a couple of occasions now um, from grain grown on the property, which has been really great, really fantastic, and and a, just another great way to to sort of consume the property when you're at Braid yeah. to have a real experience, sort of tasting tasting the place, um, and obviously 
just to, you know, have a few beers. It's bloody good to have your own beer. Yeah, um, be awesome. And you're saying you're growing some um, some rye and some barley with yeah, the uh, with well, the outlook of perhaps making something a little bit stronger than beer. Yeah, well, I mean, we sort of got into the, the liquid um, asset type thing with the beer and, and the current... We're currently brewing something uh, with some spelt that we grew uh, a couple of years ago, and that's coming out shortly, which we're looking forward to. Um, and then at the moment, I've got some barley and some rye growing in the paddock, and they're both looking really great. The intention there is to hopefully um, produce a couple of whiskies, um, and I'm hoping that, you know, Bray's getting on a bit now, and we're sort of starting to think about you know, down the track and some celebrations and things. And our, I mean, it's still a while off, but our 10th year uh, anniversary will be coming up in a couple of years. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's our eighth this year, so I'm starting to focus on that that pew, which will be the 10 year. And I thought it'd be nice to have a celebratory whiskey to to have on offer at that time. So um, hopefully, hopefully we can we can get that all up and grown and harvested and malted and all be satisfied with that, that it's a good quality to make something um, that would be of a good quality that represents us and represents the property. Ah, uh, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to be able to broach that barrel and go, yep, 10 years, here we go? Yeah, I think it would be. I think it's, um, you know, I think we're sort of, I don't know, we, I don't know if we're, Many of us are making long-term plans at the moment or, you know, we, we get derailed so often. It's sort of nice to be able to put something down and say, you know, this is going to be for the future. This is something that we're going to be here. We've got this and let's look forward to it. And, and it's, you know, not going to be next week, but it's it's in the distance and, and we're still going to be functioning and hopefully, you know, rolling along into that to that celebratory time for us at least in, in a couple of years. Now, it's nice to have a little bit of an intention for the future, which uh, which I think is a beautiful thing. Is there anything we can do to help you with the future here on this radio station? So when are you opening up your bookings and uh, would it be uh, advisable to get people to have a look at the website and maybe try for a booking? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, you know, obviously we always, we always we always appreciate that. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to use this moment to be a, a, have an advertisement for Bray, but certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly, um, you know, I think, look, what we've noticed this year, probably more than other periods of time, has, has been um, people have, really, really enjoyed their time at the restaurant. And I don't know if it's a combination of, 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 you know, not having celebrated too much really in the past period of time or hopefully a bit of it that, you know, we've just been bloody good at what we do and mm. a combination of that. And, and, you know, it's just been a really nice time um, to be able to offer a space that's really focused on on letting people have a good time, you know, and, and allowing them to do that. And, and and they've been very, very, very pleased to be doing that. And so it's always really nice for me to to see and speak to the guests who... And you know what, because we didn't for a long time last year, like, mm. because of the whole social distancing stuff last year and everything, it was very difficult to communicate with guests on the same level and, like, you know, wearing masks and that type of thing. And, yeah. and it's, it just sort of took some of the... I know it has for, for all of us, but certainly from an operating point of view, for, for us who take so much out of the relationships, however short they are, we have with our 
with our guests, like to not have that, you know, that really, that really sort of close connection with people in the yeah. time that they're here. It was a bit, you know, it was tough. It was tough to to do what we do at our level. You know, it's you're in the dining room for some period of time. You are with us. Some people staying overnight. So there's a there's a 24 hour experience for some people. You know, yeah. and it's um. Yeah, it's only be sort of, you know, looking at everyone's eyebrows and eyelids and eyes. It's sort of, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really let you get right in and, and sort of make it really nice for them. But certainly at the moment and this year, it's been great having that back on track. And, and I just hope that we can continue to do that uh, in a very safe and, and warm, hospitable space, you know. Yeah, it's sort of that watching people exhale and just just fully just put themselves into that experience. And you know what it's like. It's, I mean, it's a really we've did. A, I mean, we actually did a lot of work last year in a dining space, and 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 I think you know for people who have been to Bray in the past, it might not have been there for a couple of years. It, the dining room looks very different at the moment, and and I think it's really warmed it up a bit, and it's made it even. You know, it's one of those projects that's growing more and more into itself. You know, as the aspirations and intentions that we've had since day dot are, are really feeling to us sort of, you know, eight years down the track to be really, you know, starting to feel like what we intended. The the native gardens around the around the property are really growing now and, and the the production's really filling out and, you know you know, they have wheat in the ground and to press our leaves in the one week. It's sort of like it's sort of like, okay, we're we're actually getting somewhere now, you know. <laughs> Well, it's lovely to have a chat with you. Um, give yeah, a love to mate, all the... One, th- one, thing, one thing we didn't discuss was that, that book idea you and I came up with yesterday. That you're, called, with your... Called Pandemic. Your <laughs> I bought an air your... fryer yesterday, so I've got an oven in there now, so it's oh, gone good. good. Um, yeah, Dan and I was talking about the fact uh, yeah, I'm living out in Warrandyte and the, uh, the cooking facilities are a little bit challenging at the moment, shall we say. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's led to some great resilience and and getting things organised. But uh, once I get that draft happening, I'll send you a copy. Well, I think the listeners should be waiting and hanging out and checking their local bookstores regularly for when yeah. this book drops. The, the one burner Cam Smith pandemic cookbook, yeah. I think, is pretty much on everyone's shopping list for Christmas this year. So C- cooking like an unbelievable peasant, yeah. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Dan. Thank you, mate. Always good to speak to you. Likewise. And I hope he puts that cat down. <laughs> it does sound like It did sound like a cat. Thank uh, you for 12 with the virtual cat. 55 here on 3 Triple RFM. Again, I, uh, Ru, uh, I'd like to just uh, invoke a thing that we did last week where mm. I was speaking to uh, a fabulous woman by the name of Najat. Najat was part of the lockdown uh, that a lot of us had to respond to in the residential towers of North Melbourne and Flemington last yes. year. There's a cookbook that's come out, a little PDF actually, Cooking, Recovering Connections. It's available from cohealth.org.au. It's got some great, great dishes in there, but universal themes mm. came out. And one was butter chicken. And uh, the author of this says... I love butter chicken because there is a very beautiful story behind this. When I was a child, my mother cooked butter chicken for my big family and everyone enjoyed it very much. She taught me this recipe. I love this because it's my family favourite dish and I'm very far from them. Whenever I miss them, I cook butter chicken. 
and I thought this was a, an interesting thing. It's a theme that was, of course, laboured quite a lot by Proust with many, many pages yes. in in, uh, in his book. But uh, we also had Max Crawdaddy who said this. Pot roast. I gaze upon the roast that is sliced and laid out on my plate, and over it I spoon the juices of carrot and onion, and for once I do not regret the passage of time. I sit by a window that looks on the soot-stained brick of buildings, and do not care that I see no living thing, not a bird, not a branch in bloom, not a soul moving in the rooms behind the dark panes. These days, when there is little to love or praise, one could do worse than yield to the power of food. So I bend to inhale the steam that rises from my plate, and I think of the first time I tasted a roast like this. It was years ago, in Seabright, Nova Scotia, my mother leaned over my dish and filled it, and when I finished, filled it again. I remember the gravy, its odour of garlic and celery, and sopping it up with pieces of bread. And now I taste it again, the meat of memory, the meat of no change. I raise my fork, and I eat. Mm-hmm. Spooky, huh? Do you like that? I do. That's that a long was time a little, ago. I was going to say the exact same thing. That was a long time ago. Hello, Max, if you're listening. Yeah, Maxie, you were awesome, buddy. You really, really were. So, yeah, there it is. Um, and I thought that was kind of relevant. And I, I do uh, commend this that little cookbook. It was just a PDF, but there's some, yeah. there's some gorgeous little recipes. We are coming to the end of the show. It was great to hear from Danny. Uh, again, Ben Shuri's playlist. How do they get a hold of that? Uh, it's on Spotify. So if you if you have a Spotify account, you just jump on and do a search for Attica Summer Camp. Attica Summer Camp. And it's Camp. a playlist, and it's um, you know, it's not as good as Triple R. No, but it's pretty bloody good. No, it's not like you know Saturday at noon. Exactly. Is it? Or Sunday at noon? No, Saturday. At no, noon. So with yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where I was going with that one. Um, I think maybe we'll just. Um, Fade out the music because yeah. uh, we have next door. Vanessa is uh, looking up to still here for us this week. She's ready to rock it. And then after that, of course, Johnny Von Goes' radio method. Mm, why would you go anywhere else? And hopefully this time next week when we be speaking to you, it'll be in slightly more normal context. But I don't think anyone, we just don't really dare to hope that at this point. But fingers crossed. The audacity of hope. <laughs> hey, that's catchy. <laughs> I think we should just leave it at that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go. All right. Bye. See you next week. Thank you, Cam. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 